Dads and ladies, welcome to the Junior Classics. Hi there, I'm Sir Bradley Hassey, a teller of borrowed tales. Join me as I share stories of courage, adventure, and wonder. But don't take my word for it. You can find out for yourself on today's Junior Classic. Junior Scholars, my name is Sir Bradley Hassey, guardian of the written word and your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to preserve the wisdom in the classics and inspire children and families with a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in Western literature, history, and scholarship. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us, and a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode. Last week, we started the story of the Fair One with Golden Locks, and today we will finish it. I know you've been waiting all week in great anticipation, so let's get right to it. But first, Lost and Found Words! Now remember, I started something new last time. If you send a video of you using a Lost and Found Word in a sentence to the Junior Classics Facebook or Instagram page, I, Sir Bradley, give you my word that I will call out your name on the next episode and celebrate your achievement for all the world to hear. You can also send a video to juniorclassicspodcast at gmail.com. All right, we have four lost and found words today. Our first one is harangue. A harangue is a rant or a long and aggressive speech. Avenant will deliver a long speech or harangue to the pharaoh with golden locks in the attempt to persuade her to marry the king who sent him. Our second word is reverence. Reverence is a deep respect for something or someone. Avenant shows reverence or respect to the pharaoh with golden locks when speaking with her. Third is the word consolation. Consolation means comfort. Avenant thinks one of the challenges will lead to his death, and he feels dismayed. But his loyal dog, Cabrioli, is a source of consolation or comfort, and helps him feel a little better. And lastly, the word fidelity. What a great word. Fidelity means faithfulness or loyalty to a person, cause, or belief. Cabrioli the dog is a constant source of fidelity or loyalty to Avenant. Now, on to the show. Before we start part two, I want to remind everybody where we left off in the story last week. If you remember, the tale follows the story of the beautiful daughter of a king whom they called the Fair One with Golden Locks. A nearby king soon heard of this beauty and began a series of attempts to persuade her to marry him eventually sending his faithful servant Avenant, who brought along his loyal little dog Cabrioli. In his journey to the kingdom, Avenant saved three creatures, a carp, an owl, and a raven, which promised to later help him if they could. Avenant arrived in the kingdom of the pharaoh with golden locks, the ladies of the court were stricken by his handsome nature, and we left off just as Avenant was about to speak to the fair one with golden locks for the first time to persuade her to come back with him and marry the king who sent him. 
The Fair One with Golden Locks, Part 2 He was so dazzled that at first he could not speak. Then he began and delivered his harangue to perfection. After listening to all his reasons for her returning with him, the princess returned. Gentle Avenant, your arguments are very strong, and I am inclined to listen to them. But you must first find for me a ring which I dropped into the river about a month ago. Until I recover it, I can listen to no proposition of marriage. Avenant, surprised and disturbed, made her a profound reverence and retired, taking with him the basket and the little dog Cabrioli, which she refused to accept. All night long he sat sighing to himself. How can I ever find a ring which she dropped into the river a month ago? She has set me an impossibility. Cabrioli then suggested, My dear master, Nothing is an impossibility to one so young and charming as you are. Let us go at daybreak to the riverside. Avenant patted him, but replied nothing, until, worn out with grief, he slept. Before dawn, Cabrioli wakened him, saying, Master, dress yourself and let us go to the river. There Avenant walked up and down, with his arms folded and his head bent, but saw nothing. At last he heard a voice, calling from a distance. Avenant! Avenant! The little dog ran to the waterside. Never believe me again, master, if it is not a golden carp with a ring in its mouth. Yes, Avenant, this is the ring which the princess has lost. You saved my life in the willow meadow, and I have recompensed you. Farewell! Avenant took the ring gratefully and returned to the palace with Cabrioli, who scampered about in great glee. Craving an audience, he presented the princess with her ring and begged her to accompany him to his master's kingdom. She took the ring, looked at it, and thought she was surely dreaming. Some fairy must have assisted you, fortunate Avenant. Madam, I am only fortunate in my desire to obey your wishes. Obey me still. There is a prince named Galifron, whose suit I have refused. He is a giant as tall as a tower who eats a man as a monkey eats a nut. He puts cannons into his pockets instead of pistols. And when he speaks, his voice is so loud that everyone near him becomes deaf. Go and fight him and bring me his head. Avenant was thunderstruck, but after a time, he recovered himself. Very well, madame. I shall certainly perish, but I will perish like a brave man. I will depart at once to fight the giant Galifron. The princess, now in her turn surprised and alarmed, tried every persuasion to induce him not to go. But in vain, Avenant armed himself and started, carrying his little dog in its basket. Cabrioli was the only creature that gave him consolation. Courage, master. While you attack the giant, I will bite his legs. He will stoop down to strike me, and then you can knock him on the head. Avenant smiled at the little dog's spirit, but he knew it was useless. Arrived at the castle of Galifron, he found the road all strewn with bones and carcasses of men. Soon he saw the giant walking. His head was level with the highest trees, and he sang in a terrific voice. Bring me babies to devour. More and more, 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 men and women, tender and tough, all the world holds not enough. <laughs> to which Avenant replied, imitating the tune, 
Avenant, you hear me, see? He has come to punish thee. Be he tender, be he tough. To kill the giant, he is enough. Hearing these words, the giant took up his massive club, looked around for the singer, and perceiving him, would have slain him on the spot, had not a raven, sitting on a tree close by, suddenly flown out upon him and picked out both his eyes. Then Avenant easily killed him and cut off his head, while the raven, watching him, said, Ah! You shot the eagle who was pursuing me. I promise to recompense you. And today, I have done it. We are quits. No, it is I who am your debtor, Sir Raven, replied Avenant, as, hanging the frightful head to his saddle bow, he mounted his horse and rode back to the city of the fair one with golden locks. There everybody followed him, shouting, Here is brave Avenant, who has killed the giant! Until the princess, hearing the noise, and fearing it was Avenant himself who was killed, appeared, all trembling, and even when he appeared with Galifron's head, she trembled still, although she had nothing to fear. Madam, your enemy is dead, so I trust you will accept the hand of the king, my master. I cannot. Unless you first bring me a file of the water and the grotto of darkness, it is six leagues in length and guarded at the entrance by two fiery dragons. Within, it is a pit full of scorpions, lizards, and serpents. And at the bottom of this place flows the fountain of beauty and health. All who wash in it become, if ugly, beautiful, and if beautiful, beautiful forever. If old, young, and if young, young forever. Judge then, Avenant, if I can quit my kingdom without carrying with me some of this miraculous water. Madam, you are already so beautiful that you require it not. But I am an unfortunate ambassador whose death you desire. I will obey you, though I know I shall never return. So he departed with his only friends, his horse and his faithful dog Cabrioli while all who met him looked at him compassionately, pitying so pretty a youth bound on such a hopeless errand. But however kindly they addressed him, Avenant rode on and answered nothing, for he was too sad at heart. He reached a mountainside, where he sat down to rest, leaving his horse to graze, and Cabrioli to run after the flies. He knew that the grotto of darkness was not far off, yet he looked about him like one who sees nothing. At last he perceived a rock, as black as ink, whence came a thick smoke, and in a moment appeared one of the two dragons breathing out flames. It had a yellow and green body, claws, and a long tail. When Cabrioli saw the monster, the poor little dog hid himself in terrible fright, but Avenant resolved to die bravely. So taking a file which the princess had given him, he prepared to descend into the cave. Cabrioli, I shall soon be dead. Then fill this phial with my blood, and carry it to the fair one with golden locks, and afterward to the king, my master, to show him I have been faithful to the end. While he was thus speaking, a voice called, Avenant, Avenant, and he saw an owl sitting on a tree. You caught the net in which I was caught, and I vowed to recompense you. Now is the time. Give me the file. 
I know every corner of the Grotto of Darkness, and I will fetch you the Water of Beauty. Delighted beyond words, Avenant delivered up his file. The owl flew with it into the grotto, and in less than half an hour reappeared, bringing it quite full and well corked. Avenant thanked her with all his heart, and joyfully took once more the road to the city. The fair one with golden locks had no more to say. She consented to accompany him back, with all her suite, to his master's court. On the way thither, she saw so much of him, and found him so charming, that Avadant might have married her himself had he chosen. But he would not have been false to his master, for all the beauties under the sun. At length they arrived at the king's city, and the fair one with golden locks became his spouse and queen. But she still loved Avenant in her heart, and often said to the king her lord, But for Avenant, I should not be here. He has done all sorts of impossible deeds for my sake. He has fetched me the water of beauty, and I shall never grow old. In short, I owe him everything. And she praised him in this sort so much that at length the king became jealous. And though Avenant gave him not the slightest cause of offense, he shut him up in the same high tower once more. But with irons on his hands and feet, and a cruel jailer besides, who fed him with bread and water only. His sole companion was his little dog, Cabrioli. When the fair one with golden locks heard of this, she reproached her husband for his ingratitude, and then throwing herself at his knees, implored that Avenant might be set free. But the king only said, She loves him, and refused her prayer. The queen entreated no more, but fell into a deep melancholy. When the king saw it, he thought she did not care for him because he was not handsome enough, and that if he could wash his face with her water of beauty, it would make her love him the more. He knew that she kept it in a cabinet in her chamber, where she could find it always. Now it happened that a waiting maid, in cleaning out this cabinet, had the very day before knocked down the file, which was broken in a thousand pieces, and all the contents were lost. Very much alarmed, she then remembered seeing in a cabinet belonging to the king, a similar file. This she fetched, and put it in the place of the other one, in which was the water of beauty. But the king's file contained the water of death. It was a poison, used to destroy great criminals, that is, noblemen, gentlemen, and such like, instead of hanging them or cutting their heads off, like common people. They were compelled to wash their faces with this water, upon which they fell asleep and woke no more. So it happened that the king, taking up this file, believing it to be the water of beauty, washed his face with it, fell asleep, and died. Cabrioli heard the news, and gliding in and out among the crowd which clustered round the young and lovely widow, whispered softly to her, Madam, do not forget poor Avenant. If she had been disposed to do so, the sight of his little dog would have been enough to remind her of him, his many sufferings, and his great fidelity. She rose up, without speaking to anybody, and went straight to the tower where Avenant was confined. There, with her own hands, she struck off his chains, and putting a crown of gold on his head and a purple mantle on his shoulders, said to him, Be king, and my husband. Avenant could not refuse 
for in his heart he had loved her all the time. He threw himself at her feet and then took the crown and scepter and ruled her kingdom like a king. All the people were delighted to have him as their sovereign. The marriage was celebrated in all imaginable pomp, and Avenant and the pharaoh with golden locks lived and reigned happily together all their days. What a great story. I especially enjoyed it since I had never heard this one before. Do you remember at the beginning of last week when I introduced the story? I told you to imagine a king wanted to marry a princess so bad he could not stop thinking about it. But instead of going to ask the princess himself, he sent one of his servants. The king's decision to not go himself is the problem that sets this whole story up and is the first lesson today. That is, if you want something done that is very important to you, you may have to do it yourself. Avnot was sent to convince the princess to marry the king. But what ended up happening was the princess fell in love with Avnot after he demonstrated his strength, courage, and loyalty. If the king went himself in the first place and completed the same challenges as Avnot, then maybe the princess would have loved the king. The second lesson in the story is called the Golden Rule. Have you ever heard that before? The Golden Rule is treat others the way you want them to treat you. Or said another way, be kind to others because you want people to be kind to you. When you are kind to people and do good things for them, they will get to know, like, and trust you and will most likely treat you well in the future. Avnot helped three creatures in the story who were all in difficult situations. He helped the carp get back in the river so that he wouldn't drown. He helped the owl escape from the net so he would not be captured. And he helped the raven from being eaten by an eagle. All the creatures thanked Avnot for his good deeds, and they in turn helped Avnot complete the challenges later in the story. And Avnot could not have done it without them. That's all for this week, Junior Scholars. The next story is Beauty and the Beast. Until then, I am Sir Bradley Hassey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the junior classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to juniorclassicspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the Junior Classics. Today's junior classic composition is Symphony Number no. 5 in C minor by Ludwig von Beethoven. 
It was finished and first performed in 1808 and became, in short order, one of the most popular compositions in classical music. At the time, Beethoven was in his mid-thirties and his personal life was troubled by losing his hearing. The time in history was marked by Napoleon's wars, which one day we may explore on the show. Enjoy. Thank you. 